Welcome to Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. I, I kind of question it because this <laughs> dropped on Netflix, what we're about to talk about, uh, it, El Camino. It's de- Bre- Breaking Bad still an AMC production, but El Camino definitely a Netflix. And it's, and it's actually made by Sony Studios, so I don't know what AMC is doing here. Uh, what the, what Which one of their fingers is in this pie, but I don't know that I like it. The stinky uh, one it's weird to say that intro. I haven't said that intro in probably five years at uh, least. When I opened my Breaking Bad notes, um, the last edit was February 2015. We had okay. just wrapped up season two of our catch-up coverage. It was all about the breakfast counts. Yep. Uh, trying to yep. decide whether Walt Jr. had an unfair, <laughs> unearned reputation of a breakfast destroyer or not. And uh, I, it is weird. It is weird. Like Breaking Bad absolutely was a foundational role of us becoming full-time podcasters it's nuts to think about it's been Mm -hmm. off the air a long time like seven years it's got to be yeah yeah yeah, because it's uh and and now it's back uh i when i first heard about this project my what did you okay so what did you think when you first heard this project i I thought man i don't know that we need that like I, i thought back to like serenity uh as it relates to firefly and i'm mm-hmm. like well okay firefly i understand the desire to want to do that movie because it was cut short and sure. they didn't get to tell you into that story cut down its prime yeah but breaking bad got a full run breaking mm-hmm. bad went out on top what do we need this for yeah uh so yeah that was my initial thought what about yours i thought the same i thought that you know I kind of want to see Vince do something. I want to see him spread his wings and fly. Like going back yeah. to the Breaking Bad, it'd be like if uh, it just, I felt the same thing. And I don't know, this might be heretical to Breaking Bad fans, but in the year or two after Breaking Bad, when uh, Aaron Paul and uh, Brian Cranston kept on doing like Emmy stunts and Oscar yeah. stunts and commercials for things as Jesse, and it's like, this is getting kind of cringy. Like I kind of felt the same mm-hmm. way about Vince returning to the world that he had, you know, mastered and conquered. Um, so I, but but as it came, you know, started getting closer, and I started thinking about, you know, you know, being able to revisit Jesse, and I haven't really seen Aaron Paul in anything really good for a while. I started being like, okay, I'm in the mood to see a Breaking Bad a movie, mm-hmm. um, and but I had zero expectations for it. I thought yeah. like, you know. Um, Breaking Bad was so much about Walt. Yes, Jesse was like kind of like the one A or the two A performer. Um, but so much of the tension of Breaking Bad was how does Walt think himself out of situations, mm-hmm. and Jesse just doesn't have that same reputation for thinking himself out of reputation or uh, situation. Certainly not with electromagnets yeah. or robots or uh, that wasn't a real word electromagnets magnets uh-huh. uh so i wondered how it would it would, would it still feel like breaking bad uh so i guess let's let's stop pussyfooting around what did you think of el camino surprisingly i thought it was sort of a vital piece of the breaking bad story that i didn't really know that i was missing like i i I guess the only yeah thing I came away from Breaking Bad wondering is, and it was the big question on everybody's mind at the end of that, what's gonna, what's Jesse going to do, right? Where's Jesse going to go? And the interesting thing about this movie is it doesn't flash forward, but it tells you everything you need to know about Jesse's future by flashing backward 
Yeah, it's really weird in that way. And and one of the com- one of the few complaints that uh, that I had, I think a lot of people had, uh, the final Breaking Bad season is that they're just Jesse just wasn't there. Yeah, you know he was spent Stuck his whole hole. time in a cage. Right. So like having two hours of like, what did he actually go through? How is his relationship with Walter White like fundamentally changed? How you know what what is his kind of like moral barometer and compass? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was interesting because there's a lot of times in this movie that I didn't know how Jesse was going to act. Yeah. Like Jesse could be excused for being a full on uh, murderous psychopath. Uh, He could be excused for just like curling up in a corner and crying for all two hours. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that not knowing and also knowing that he's not going to be able to like whip together some kind of bomb or fulminated mercury. Uh, There's a lot. It it gave it a lot more of like a Western feel. Some Mm -hmm. some, sometimes it's quite literally a Western feel, which I know that's, that's something that's always appealed to. Vince mm-hmm. like he always liked that aspect of setting things out in the the American West and the desert and you know there's a lot of things that like um you know Walt wearing a black hat um mm-hmm. and having like various showdowns usually mentally verbally kind of like negotiating talking his way out of it but I I, I liked it I, I went on Twitter and I, so when I right before lunch Friday, I took a look around at the reviews and I was seeing a lot of mixed reviews and I went on the Breaking Bad subreddit and just kind of like the noise, no spoiler one and like kind of skimmed through kind of people's reaction. And the one, the one reaction I kept on seeing in the negative reviews is that it's unnecessary. And what I said on Twitter is yes, it's unnecessary the way a cherry on top of a Sunday is, but if you're eating mm-hmm. a Sunday, don't you fucking want that cherry? Right. The only way this could be bad is if it took something away from breaking bad's mythology. I think it did nothing but add. Yeah, I agree. There's a couple of quibbles. There's a couple of things that I'm not sure I liked, but honestly, I really liked it the first time through when I sat down and gave it a close watch and looked at how much stuff they packed in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it's up in air. I wasn't sure what kind of cameos we'd get. Um, were we going to see any of the whites? Were we going to see Jesse's parents? Were we going to see Saul? Because uh, yeah. there's rumors that uh, Odenkirk was on set. Hmm. I think he tweeted out like something like, "Oh, it's done film." So I don't. I don't. Maybe there is a, a cut scene that's going to come out on the three-hour DVD that that uh, he pops up in. But yeah, uh, yeah, I I really liked it, and also the filmmaking on display here is just shut your mouth out of get out of here yeah i mean they, it's a return to breaking bad form every every cool camera angle that you remember from breaking bad every inventive place to attach a camera <laughs> that you wouldn't think uh all that stuff i the, the the one that really stood out to me for some reason is when they're they're uh tossing the body uh-huh. off the the second story uh-huh and the camera is like shooting up mm. toward Jesse and he kind of just peeks over the railing. Right. After. I thought that was a, just a really cool shot. Yeah, I really like the, um, there's, a, there's a lot, yeah, like the, the uh, there was a scene, I think the waiter pouring water from the like water's perspective. Uh-huh. Uh, there's <laughs> a, the, the scene that stuck out in my mind was when Jesse was tossing Todd's apartment and they do that like, yeah, yeah. like, like looking like Jesse's in the tarantula tank, you know, like uh, they, they, they built the whole set the where it's got no yeah. roof and, and he learned, you know, they've learned so much about low light shooting and better call Saul and all that stuff was on display. Yeah. Like, um, 
Todd's apartment lit only with the flashlight was like a laser light show just because it was such a garishly lit and like all that reflectivity coming off and those 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 new modern cameras that can just drink in any kind of photon they get. Yeah, the stuff that I, you know, Breaking Bad is never a slouch in the camera department, obviously, in the filmmaking department. But I feel like he's got another almost decade of like expertise and new technical tricks and stuff that he was able to pull off. And Mm -hmm. it's great. Aaron Paul has not forgot how to act. No, he hasn't. And act like Jesse, too. Yeah. In all the stages of Jesse, which was really cool to see. I thought... We kind of get, you know, flashbacks that take us to old Jesse. I, I think we figured out just after four days out mm-hmm. um, where, you know, he's still pointing out cow houses, mm-hmm. shit like that. Mm-hmm. And then you got, you know, new Jesse who has been tortured and, and now has to put his life back together. So I don't know. Do you want to talk about any more kind of general things? Uh, the only kind of general thing I wanted to talk about is how do you think the fact that you know this has been 10 years on and a lot of people have gotten older uh and they brought those same people back i thought i thought it worked yeah the fact that like they didn't really try to anti-age anyone yeah kind of made it like well unless you just you know unless you just watched breaking bad which i know a lot of people did a lot of people yeah. you know w- watched those must-see episodes and stuff so it'd be like super jarring but since they didn't did they reuse a single shot from the old the series not that I remember, no. So, like, everything kind of was consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan Banks is really old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everything else, I think, like, worked. Like, especially Jesse with the long hair wig that he had, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, with the facial scarring. It kind of, you know, it, I, I feel like his him, him aging seven, eight years kind of helped with his battered, scarred visage. So <laughs> I, I thought I, I was expecting to kind of like have to overlook that. But really, especially when the first scene is Mike. Yeah, I was thinking like, oh, boy, Oof, whoo, it's going to be rough. But no, everything um, and that and uh, Brian Cranston not shaving his head. He was wearing a very obvious bald yeah. cap. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Jesse Plemons, uh, look, we, we call him Meth, uh, meth Damon uh-huh. in Breaking Bad. We call him Fat Damon in Fargo. Yeah. He's leaning a little t- more toward Fat Damon yeah. nowadays. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got, I think that's, that's, that's his probably natural the most, form. Yeah, that's the most, that's got to be the most jarring because he's in season five mm-hmm. and he's, he's, he's pretty thin. Yeah, he's, he's like a just a kid. Yeah. And then he comes into this as a full-grown man. But Jesse Plemons is also a powerful actor, and yeah. like I just love what he, how he riffs on this like childlike psychopath guy. Uh, at, at one point in this movie, I started thinking this is more about Jesse Plemons, uh, about Todd being a psycho, than it is Jesse at all. Like mm-hmm. th- we spend a lot of time with Todd, mm-hmm. but also like that serves to juice up several scenes mm-hmm. uh which we'll get to well, let's 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 go ahead and get into the uh the episode i guess the movie rather yeah. el camino before we continue the podcast a little bit of bald move housekeeping over on pickle me this we're hard on the rick and morty season three grind we release every tuesday this week we're talking rest and rick laxation with the author of the science of rick and morty matt brady check it out the American Horror Story Season 9, 1984 season continues. Cecily and I are covering that. It's honestly on an epic, uh, unprecedented run of awesomeness. If you like 1980 slasher uh, films, if you have nostalgia for 80s horror, I really encourage you to check it out. The great thing about American Horror is you can just jump in whenever because it's all uh, it's all an anthology. So if that sounds like a good time, check that out on the American Horror Story podcast feed. Jim and I are also breaking down the deuce, David Simon's love letter to 70s and 80s pornography. Not really. 
it's it's like the wires is love letter to the Baltimore drug trade. Uh, anyway, we're covering that final season. Every episode's released released on Wednesday. It's an amazing television show. Mr. Robots coming back, coming back strong, and we've got the final season coverage with episodes also released on Wednesdays. Cecil and I are also doing this thing we call the Cinematic Spooktacular over on the Bald Movies feed. Uh, this is the third one that we've done. Uh, we're subtitling it to Search for Spook. We had the first one drop last week. Another one will come out on October 20th, and then the final one, October 30th, Halloween Eve. On the Bald Movies feed, we're also covering Zombieland 2 Double Tap this week. And finally, we have a new feature. We just crossed a major milestone. Five years of lunches with Jim and Aaron for our club members. And to celebrate every Thursday, we're releasing a lunch out of that archive for free to the public, which we're calling Lunch with Jim and Aaron Reheated. If you've ever been curious about what a lunch is all about, check it out. Plus, it's a fun little window in Bald Move history. I used to have hair. Kind of on top of my head. I was trying. Uh, check that out in on uh, baldmove.com. Uh, so it opens up with a flashback to Jesse and Mike. Um, this is right before Mike dies, right? This is the actual clearing yes. that Walt shows up and shoots. And him. you can see the cars are parked in the same spot. Yep. So you know Walt's about to pull up. Yep. And fuck up his whole day. Thank God New Mexico is a desert and the landscape rarely changes at this part because, uh, yeah, it's immediately recognizable. <laughs> I think it might have been, it, it, don't, it wasn't as, um, wasn't a little bit more lush and green. I feel like they maybe shot this at a different time of year. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. From my memory, certainly. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of sets up the whole premise of, you know, where would you go, Mike, if you were me? And, uh, he go to Alaska to start fresh because it's the final frontier. Um, but then Jesse's like, yeah, it sounds good. I can put things right. And Mike says, that's the one thing you can never do. Mm -hmm. uh, and those two themes are going to carry us throughout the, the movie. I was in the tank for this film on the next scene when we went to Skinny P and Badger. <laughs> like, the uh -huh. bromance between these three and how how generous they were with yeah. with jesse and like what what skinny p says about you know you're my hero i thought is mm. is it was amazing what'd you think yeah it, when i when i first got to this scene i saw jesse walk up to the door and i thought oh fuck you know jesse's gonna get back in with the wrong crowd jesse's life is gonna turn to shit again as if it needed to get any worse mm -hmm. and by the end of the scene i was like okay yeah mm -hmm. no the, these are you know these are drug dealers but they're also good guys when it comes to their friends. Like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, so I, I was worried for him but by the end of that. Yeah, I was happy. I thought it was neat that, that like once we had the kind of like sedate flashback to Mike, we immediately got into the action. Like Jesse had just escaped the compound and immediately <laughs> the cops are there because of course they yeah. would be. I thought that machine gun fire. Yeah, like smash cuts from like a fairly sedate Jesse looking out of the water, I think, mm. uh, to him screaming as he's driving away in his car right. from the, the crime scene. Um, I loved Badger and Skinny P playing video games. Um, What's their chairs, man? I, so those chairs. I think those are supposed to be like Star Trek captain's chairs. They look a lot like Because them. there's an Enterprise in the background, and I think that whole VHS collection is like the entire the old series on, because that th that was in like an all-white special edition box set. Uh -huh. And I don't... I don't know if it's Badger or Skinny People. One of these guys is a big Star Trek fan. And I guess huh. that's the other thing is like these guys seem like they've made out all right. Like yeah. they got a good chunk of change from when Walt and Jesse were running things and it was, was good. And also, I guess yeah. Walt gave him a good amount of money right before, uh, didn't mm -hmm. he? 
Like you know, cer- certainly Skinny Pete. I I think it was both of them. Yeah. Well, the laser rod. They they maybe uh-huh. got a little bit of money, but they're at Elliot's house. Yeah. Kind of large. Maybe they'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll be smart with the may. Maybe they'll splurge on the captain's chairs and they'll be smart with their money. Uh, yeah, I don't know uh, about that. But yeah, I there's a lot of great scenes of him, uh, you know, getting clean, like the the scene in the shower where you can just see the dirt running off of him mm-hmm. and him flashing back to the Nazis, especially when in, the, in like the next few scenes where uh, Todd's promising, "Oh, we're gonna keep you cleaner from now on," mm-hmm. and then you remember back, "Oh no, I saw that drain. You didn't fucking do that. No, you didn't keep your promise, Todd." Yeah. Uh, you're also not around to feature spider, you fucking monster. Uh, I really liked the steam coming off of him when he turned off the shower, kind yep. of like, you know, man on fire kind of situation. Also very Breaking Bad opening kind of theme, you know, that that montage thing. Yeah. Um, I The other thing about this whole Nazi situation is I remember how derisive we were about neo-Nazis when we were first covering the show. Like... Ah, uh, 2012. Yeah, <laughs> right? Like, if this would take place, like, this would be a lot more fucking plausible and menacing if, yeah. uh, you know, I and that's that's the thing that really blew me away. It's like, man, we had so many fucking neo-Nazis? What kind of lame-ass joke is this? Mm. Um, So... There's also like so we get mon- we get Joe the junkyard guy is that which I is that a monster Joe reference to Pulp Fiction? Maybe that I had never thought of that. I mean like or maybe it's just Vince's opinion that every junkyard owner's name is Joe mm-hmm. and they are all involved in some kind of shady business. Oh, that part I absolutely is true. believe that. Uh, yes, I believe every junkyard. Like I'm not <laughs> saying they're primarily shady, but if they have the right shady opportunity to come up to them, they're probably going to take it. That's not making murderer. Uh, <laughs> I love Joe. Joe is maybe the best character in this entire movie. Uh, he's his way of just like, so he's also got that, you know, skinny Pete Badger thing where he's mm. like, okay, well, you know, or ride or die crew. Like we're all kind of in this together yeah. um, until he realizes, oh, you've already been caught. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that then he's jack. out of there. Yeah. And then yeah. this, this, this is a study of contrast because they they go long stretches of like the kind of better call Saul, just like yep. watch a guy fuck around for 15 minutes, which I find absorbing. And then but they use these elements of like the cops are coming because of the machine gun fire, the low jack has gone off. Mm-hmm. Um, cops have shown up to, to-, to toss like every single time this, the, the thing is in danger of lulling a little too far. Uh, he's the ma- Vince is the master of pacing like he's ready to sh- you know shoot you with adrenaline. Um, and that, 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 that's the, and, and sk- speaking of Pulp Fiction, Skinny P low key methed out Mr. Wolf. Okay. M- meth uh-huh. wolf. He's meth wolfing this shit here. <laughs> that's hard to say. He's got the plan to, to swap out. He's got the cash. He's got, uh-huh. he's, he's like, a, he's, the, he's got him cooled out like three little Fonzies, man. Uh, I, I thought what was going to happen when we saw Jesse going back for that money, at Todd's yeah. place, that it was going to be in the El Camino. Mm. And that he would have like sort of doomed <laughs> himself to right. not have any money by by taking that offer, like right, yeah. But no, uh, Skinny Pete is on the ball. He knows exactly what to do. I also love. And I, so there was oh, that scene um, 
that wasn't in the movie that they showed as sort of a preview teaser thing with Skinny Pete being interrogated by the cops. Yeah. And I envision that taking place when the cops show up and get right. the El Camino. Right. You know, he he's 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 pushing his I just smoked a fat bull with him, man. Like I right. don't know nothing about nothing. And he's even my, if I did, I wouldn't tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I liked how those are like fit into those those some of them actually like the monster Joe or Joe rather. The Joe is right from the 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 movie, but the skinny yeah. P stuff. Do you think those were cut? I don't or, know, or maybe they were just meant to be teasers. Yeah, they've got them here, and they they they're great little like minisodes. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also love Vince's continuing fascination with just terrible cars. Like yeah, the <laughs> oh, Aztec. Uh, you've got the fucking uh, Toyota. What was that? Uh, uh, I used to have one, a Tracel wagon. Uh huh. And now Jesse's Fiero. driving the fucking Pontiac Fiero. Man, I had a I had a boss one time who was yeah. obsessed with those cars. Had like three or four of them. Yeah, just loved to get those old sports well, cars and fix them up. One of the best mechanics I've ever known was obsessed with them too, because he's like, they are they're super cheap. Uh, uh-huh. If you, you can, you, they're easy to tune, and like a, you can't beat a mid-engine sports car hmm. for for fun for driving. They're mid-engine. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay. one of the first all aluminum blocks, and like they're famous for catching on fire. Hmm. Uh, the engine spontaneously catching on. Let's fire, say you can put but... more, you can stash more meth in the front yeah, of the car. Right. Okay, you, it's like it's just the, the original frunk. It's just you, you, it's, it was <laughs> right. just for just it's just for transporting meth. Okay, cool. Uh, so yeah, the skinny Pete with the with the master plan and uh, Sinanmon, the Sandy hero, uh, badgering him, emptying out their pockets, looking like mm-hmm. they put like ten grand in his in his hand. Eighty two hundred. Eighty. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Oh, that's right. They do mention that in the vacuum cleaner scene. Yeah. Uh, and we get another flashback to a day out with Todd, which is the bulk of the movie. Like this kind of mm-hmm. um, continued flashback where Jesse, uh, I'm sorry, not Jesse, Todd. I keep I keep getting Todd and Jesse confused because <laughs> it's Jesse. Plimmons. Which is extra confusing given there's a Jesse in all these scenes. Yes, yes. Uh, so it's a, uh, this flashback to Todd where Todd's uncle uh, is taken off to... I don't know, wherever you go take a new boat in New Mexico. He's going to be gone for the weekend with his buddies. So it's just just Todd and Jesse alone. Mm-hmm. I'm somewhat skeptical that the uncle would, in fact, leave Jesse and Todd all alone, seeing how dumb Todd is and how horribly wrong it almost went. Yeah. But he's a neo-Nazi. If he had... Sh- Something besides shit for brains, he wouldn't be that. So, there and you he's go. he's got that failsafe too of Brock. Like, it, it can't go too wrong. Yeah, unless but Jesse, just, Jesse just decides he doesn't give a shit about Brock. Right. If he just, I mean, like, if he just skates to the cops, they're fucked because he's like, uh, like, yeah. That's and true. that's the that's the play. If like, I I thought, well, let's let's wait until we get to that scene because I want to hash this out about whether this is a spell that Billigan's putting on us or if it actually works. Mm. Um, I just. Todd, like, there's so many great details, like Todd lowering the cigarette to Jesse down, like he's like fishing His binder clip thing. Yeah, he is like he's like he's like breaking a wild horse. You know, it's like oh, this, yeah. kid, this hasn't been rid for a while, so I need to I need to get the bridle on him nice and slow, and lots of sugar cubes, and how he's also got this weird passive aggressive like Lumberg from the office, like yeah, I'm gonna need you to go ahead and get out of this pit, and yeah, he's uh, a psycho man. I- yeah. He he doesn't react to, to stimuli the way that normal people do. <laughs> yeah, like if you if you try to escape, I'm gonna have to go visit the little boy. Mm-hmm. And it, this way he, he he's grooming Jesse like he's a little like he's using a spit like he's a dad trying to tame a three year old's hair before he takes him. Yeah, it's it's it a lot of weird, weird off putting stuff. 
by Todd. Which is good. That's what you wanted in those scenes, I think. Yeah. It definitely gave me an impression of who Todd is. Yeah, and especially since throughout a lot of this, you don't know what the hell Todd wants. Yeah. And, like, you go, they swing by his apartment, and he wants help putting the camper top on his El Camino. And I'm like, I could buy that Todd would do this just to do that. Like, mm-hmm. but, you know, where is the other shoe going to drop? Where is this going to be? And Jesse not knowing either. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, you know, playing this like uh, a guy who knows he's dealing with a completely loose nut type of person mm-hmm. uh which leads us to there's a a great little scene of uh, jesse breaking into todd's apartment in the present day and they built up tension throughout this scene of todd because he's just such a crazy person um you net you you, you know what the stakes are of, of jesse getting away but you don't know if he's going to be able to do it and we bring it back to the present and uh, we see that he's listening to the radio and we hear, you know, a little, little Easter egg for Breaking Bad fans that Lydia, mm-hmm. you know, Walt poisoned the shit out of her with the ricin and she's not expected to survive. She's in a hospital dying. Uh, ending a lot of fan, fan theories, Walt found dead at the, oh, at the yeah. scene because some people speculated that maybe he could get away, get up. Um, Weird. And uh, he's breaking the Todd's bar. I thought there was a really great and pretty effective uh, tense scene of him escaping the nosy neighbor. You know, he's got a he's got the keys out and he drops the yeah. keys. And he's uh, and again, Vince is the master of building this this tension. It's such great staging and blocking. Mm-hmm. Like you know, that's that's a pretty long take, and he, there's a lot of complex things going on. Guy watering flowers, Jesse dropping keys, um, which takes us back to the flashback. Uh, and there's a great scene of, uh, you know, Jesse looking out of the peephole and it dissolves to him doing it again because, mm-hmm. you know, Todd's trying to keep him from being seen by that neighbor. And uh, we get to Todd's apartment. What's your review of Todd's apartment? It looks bad. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I thought Especially it was once cool. you get behind the counter and you see what he's using for like cabinet doors. I don't know. It's like wiffle doors. It's it, nah. I, I mean, it, okay. His apartment is borderline cool. I think the colors are wrong, mm-hmm. and I think th- there's like one too many materials in there. I think it's kind of neat as like a retro uh, art deco pastel workshop garage vibe. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, I don't yeah. know that I'd want to live in it though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it turns out as he he leads Jesse into the kitchen without any fanfare. And when Jesse screamed and yelped, I thought there was something wrong with like the picnic table that he's got for that he's using for the kitchen table because you don't see what's in the foreground, this dead body. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he just yelps and screams. And I'm like, what am I supposed to be looking at? And then I notice he's looking at the foreground. And it yeah, yeah. uh, turns out that uh, the reason that he brought Jesse here is to help him get rid of his housekeeper's body. And Who just that- sort of discovered his money brought it to him to to alert him and he feels real bad about it because she's a real nice lady didn't do anything ever wrong to him Psycho. but what are you going to do man she found his money he's he's stashing it in uh, i also thought it's funny that that todd's using the world book encyclopedia because like mm. why not you know i mean he lays out a pretty good case you know they like it's got a lot of volumes yeah they fit and, a lot of money you know, in those people books. aren't reading much anymore it's all yeah. about stuff online so mm-hmm. why not you got wikipedia now uh there's a great uh, just so much like because jesse the Lundberg, the the Lundberg, uh, I think uh, analogy is apt because it's the same kind of deal where you got this obviously terrible psychotic person that you can't be rude to because he's your boss or mm-hmm. he's your slave owner. So he's engaging Jesse in all the small talk. They roll up this lady in a uh, in, in a rug to get a halfway, and and then Todd realizes, oh shit, my belt. 
I gotta he get just my puts belt. it right back on. Puts it right back From on. From the neck of a dead lady to the waist of a psychopath. The 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 one thing I guess the saving grace is I don't think she's been dead long because like if she had like Jesse would have smelled like you know been like what the fuck is you know yeah they, they would have made a bigger deal about that yeah but he's still still Todd he's still <laughs> Todd. Um, we found out that there's, uh, and I also thought there's a lot of similarities between the way Jesse was talking to Todd with a lot of ways, like Jesse and Walter White, like, you know, the Walt, Walt would make inane small talk and conversation with Jesse. Mm-hmm. Um, and that Jesse really couldn't relate to, you see a little bit of that later on in the episode. Um, we found out that Todd still got the tarantula that yep. he got from the, the, the kid he murdered and dissolved in acid. So Drew. that's interesting. Uh, did you also notice oh, so we go to Todd's apartment present day um, where we see that is his apartment's been tossed by the cops pretty thoroughly uh, but Jesse breaks out his lighter and gets to work he eventually finds a flashlight and I just loved all these shots of like you know the pr- point of view rotating 90 degrees mm-hmm. 180 degrees the overhead set of him like going through this like a terrarium like I said all the lights and and the colors the way they interplayed uh, this is he, Jesse's uh cooking montage right yeah for this episode yeah this, this is movie. the this is the better call saw era kind of like just watch somebody do something absorbing yeah. and try to figure out what he's doing for 10 minutes uh i didn't get this when i watched it that um todd's got this snow globe collection and one that i, I can't remember if jesse or the quote-unquote cop picks up but there's one of him i guess it's supposed to be him and lydia in a snow globe that that harkens back to his like crush that he has on lydia yeah that he's had a God. custom snow globe of them and made. The, I, the more I think about this character, mm-hmm. the less good I feel about life. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, he's he's like another he's, five years and he's putting people's heads in refrigerators. Yeah, he's Buffalo Bill. Like, it's fucked up. It's very fucked up. Um, there's, there's a great kind of seamless uh, transition where uh, Jesse sees his parents on television, like in the next unit mm-hmm. over, and then he turns on a TV there and listens to their plea to come forward, turn yourself in. Cause of course they would mm-hmm. do that. Um, we flash back to his day with Todd and we got this bizarre scene of like Jesse dumping Sonya, the cleaning lady over the balcony, mm-hmm. which actually reminded, didn't we get rid of a couch in your apartment in Indianapolis a similar way? Didn't we heave that, uh, heave that off a third story balcony? That sounds right, but I can't recall. I thought so. I thought so. It's like, I've been in this position. It wasn't with a dead body. Oh, it's that fucking couch. It's that fucking couch. Um, so uh, there's uh, so they get they, they load it into the El Camino, um, and you got Todd kind of bopping down the road to some, like, 70s slow jam. He's pulling the horn for the trucker um, because he's a little fucking kid. And then they cut to the back, and Jesse's in the back of the El Camino trying to keep from sloshing into this dead woman. Mm-hmm. He has Jesse dig a grave, and then Todd asks him to fetch the smokes, and he sees him there in the glove box, but there's the gun, too. Uh, Todd is able to talk him down with the promise of pizza and beer, and there's this just terrible (laughs) scene of Jesse sobbing and Todd putting his arm around them and telling him to look at the view and how life is what you make it. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't the play here be to shoot Todd in the face, get in the El Camino, drive to the DEA, tell them everything. They go out to that Nazi compound and they're going to find a bunch of bad shit. Mm-hmm. They're going to find that this guy's been enslaved to the meth trade. Like, I feel like he had gotten Brock protected. Is this just, just Jesse's been conditioned like an animal that he can't do that because it seems like that's the play. 
Yeah, I mean, that, there's probably some of that. You know, it's a... It's another uh, day or two before the Nazis would even know something's wrong. Yeah, for sure. Um, the trouble is Jesse is a meth kingpin. Mm -hmm. As much as Walt was, so is Jesse. I think Jesse knows that his his... <laughs> His options are limited here. If he does go to the cops, he's going to prison probably for the rest of his life. Um, if not for, uh, you know, may maybe just for a long but time. But he's in Nazi prison. What's the life expectancy in Nazi prison? It's not good. Yeah, <laughs> I, very think, not I good. think there's like uh, museums in Germany that to test to that account. Mm -hmm. Like it's not good to be in Nazi prison. Yeah, I don't know. I think and I'd roll the dice to the DEA. I because that's what I was thinking. It's like, surely he's not more afraid of the cops than the neo-Nazis. But mm -hmm. I also, I think that he's just a broken man. Like, he like is, yeah. they, the idea that he would shoot Todd and get away with it and it wouldn't somehow just blow up in his face. Because like, look. And is this all an elaborate ruse? Like, right. you know, what's going through Jesse's head? Is it is it like, okay, well, I know, I know that the neo-Nazis are gone and that I can go to the cops. Or is he thinking, maybe this is a, maybe this is a fake out. Maybe this is somehow designed to test, test yeah. me. And then they're all going to laugh. The gun will be empty. Right. And he goes. And, and then they'll pull Brock out from behind this rock here. And yeah. And they'll blow his brains out. Yeah. yeah. I guess there's that too because he just never can. But no. that's Plus, part of the conditioning, right? Like right. You were yeah, talking yeah, about. yeah. 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 Like it just it's so capricious. And the last time he cooperated with law enforcement is how he ended up in Nazi prison <laughs> in the first place. So like yeah. if you could trust them to not be a bunch of chuckle fucks too, mm. you know, um, maybe maybe it would work but because uh, you know i obviously the southwest dea is in complete fucking anarchy mode after all the shit that's gone down with uh well they don't have hank yeah i don't so have hank what do they don't do have now? hank they got gomi no at number one number two gone <laughs> uh so yeah they they the they didn't have uh back in jesse's apartment i'm sorry back in todd's apartment in the present day we have a confrontation with quote-unquote cops yeah i did not I, the way they shot this and filmed this is so brilliant because I did not know they were not cops until they started tying him up with. I found that the same time Jesse did, and when you go just back just about the same time, yeah. And you go back and watch it the second time, it plays just as beautifully, knowing mm -hmm. that they're people like these guys have. I will say they have ice water pouring through their veins, yeah. But they execute the fake cop routine perfectly. Yeah, and I I, I was thinking, okay, so so clearly at one point the the guy in the kitchen gets. Uh, suspicious, right? And he pulls his gun, and he's he's going through the halls like right. he's ready to shoot somebody. And I thought, why is that? Is it because he called him lieutenant? That's and what he I didn't thought call too. him by his like partner's name. It's like they had something worked out. Like if you know, it's like you know, they're just Mike and Joe or, or whatever. He just never calls him lieutenant because they're partners, like, right? Exactly. He calls it's, me Bill, like like or that, that that formality. He calls me is, candy. <laughs> that formality is like a like a panic button, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, when they reveal what it actually is, it's like, oh, that's even better. Yes, yes. So. And it's, you know, all the fact that, you know, then the more you find out, the more it makes sense. The fact that this guy was a rel somewhat related to the neo-Nazi operation, mm -hmm. and he'd probably know that uh, Todd, of all of them, would be dumb enough to have all of his money in his house. And, um, and that's only the first time they tricked me in that scene. The second time they tricked me is I thought that I was supposed to remember who this guy is when he says, you don't remember me. But I'm going to say he wasn't in Breaking Bad. No, no. In fact, that's my thing. I'm like, wait, I'm, I've am i seen a lot of Breaking Bad. I've podcasted a lot, all of Breaking Bad. Yeah. I don't remember And I went guy. and I looked at IMDb, and I couldn't find yeah. this dude in Breaking Bad. So Yeah, which is somewhat weak. 
Um, but on the other hand, the end of Breaking Bad cleared out almost everyone that you could possibly have business with, yeah. unfinished business with. So they almost have to invent mm-hmm. uh, a character for him to settle the scores with so that you have any kind of tension at all. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, Jesse just gets out of, you know, he, he goes to Todd's apartment, he gets the money, he gets out of Albuquerque, he's in Alaska, and we're done in a tight 59-minute runtime. <laughs> could practically Which, be an episode. Uh, I don't know. I like what we got here, but I wouldn't say it was the tightest thing in the world. That's true. I think there was a lot of slack in the the meth Damon scenes that you've maybe could have trimmed. Yeah. But yeah, there, there's definitely it worked better than it didn't. A lot of Better Call Saul yeah. DNA. A lot of that ponderous. You know, yeah. it's again, it's 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 absorbing, but it's also so different from the Breaking Bad DNA. Right, Breaking Bad was just go, 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 Yeah, go. like every once in a while, like one or two seasons an episode, you'd have mm-hmm. uh, a, a chance to catch your breath. But otherwise, it was relentless. Whereas this yeah. is like re- every 15 or 20 minutes, you'd have a five-minute scene that kind of got you those old mm-hmm. Breaking Bad feelings. But is a lot more of like the modern style Better Call Saul where it's just watching Mike set up an elaborate steakhouse or watching Jesse toss an apartment for 15 minutes. And very cool and interesting. And the whole time I was engaged, but uh, I could see some classic Breaking Bad fans being Lord Almighty. Let's uh, let's let's get this thing goosed up. I just don't know how you would do that. So, like, uh, let's assume this movie is entirely different. Let's assume we we pick up with Jesse as he's driving and screaming mm-hmm. away from the Nazi compound. Yeah. And it's just go, go, go the entire time. The cops are after right. him. He's trying to get to the vacuum guy. He's trying to get money. Uh, and it's just nonstop. I don't feel like we would have come away with a better understanding of Jesse, which is what this gives you, which is what I felt we were missing in Breaking right. Bad. That would be the unnecessary version of El Camino. Yes. This where it fills in that gap of knowledge that we didn't really know what was going on with Jesse. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's so funny because I felt like I was Badger in the in the intro or the, the opening scenes where he's like, you know, Jesse, was it really true? They kept mm-hmm. you in the cage because we didn't fucking know hardly anything. We saw him in the cage a few saw times. In the cage. We saw the time where they murdered Andy. Andrea, um, but you know he was mostly missing for that final uh, season. So I thought this scene was pretty good as far as the tension of waiting for them. You know Jesse's in that apartment somewhere. Uh-huh. One of these dark corners he's going to be, and the actual reveal where the guys like look behind the bed and you just hear the gun click. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a cop. I'm no cop killer. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought that. It, but I am Batman. <laughs> but I, but I am, I am Batman. Oh, one thing. Did you recognize these two guys? I recognize the the fair complected one. Okay, where'd you, uh, where'd you see him? But I don't remember where from. Okay, so the 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 chunkier one is has a pretty prominent role in the Righteous Gemstones as lead extortionist. Lead extortionist. Yeah, you're kidding. That no. can't be the same yeah, guy. Yeah, it's the same fucking guy. He just looks really he different. He looks with so the, much different. With the haircut and, and lack of facial hair, he sure as shit does. And okay. the redhead played the director of plant security in season three of True Detective. Yes. Yep. And I'm like, because it was the first time I, I'm like, I know these guys, but I don't know where. And like somewhere in the second watch, I'm like, fuck, it just clicked into me. Gotcha. Uh, so I thought it that, was annoying me the entire movie because I didn't know. Yeah. So um, they 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 get they, they get the drop on Jesse. Uh, but now that Jesse knows that they're not cops, he now knows that he can he they're just as vulnerable to noise yep. and distraction and the nosy neighbor as anybody. And he uses a distraction to, with the nosy neighbor to cut a deal with the guy from Righteous Gemstones to divide the money that Jesse's found in the refrigerator three different ways. 
Um, yeah, the guy who we didn't know, but actually sort of felt bad for him because he was the the welder, which we'll find out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he works for Candy Welding, and he says, "Wonder when you'd remember me." And there's like a little flashback to clearly it's the not it's it's Nazi jail, but you mm-hmm. you have no idea what the relationship is yet. We then have uh, the vacuum repair guy scene, which is Jesse hunting for the because I don't oh, think man. he knows where this location is. He just knows the phone number, which he probably mm-hmm. did. He just had the card. He the looked phrase. it up in the phone book. And, but I, uh, I got the feeling that maybe he looked up a couple, and the the thing that he recognized uh, is the minivan. Like he, like I, I got yeah. the impression that he'd gone yeah. through a bunch of different vacuum re- cleaning places. Yeah, he pulled out that whole page, and he was going down the list. I assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he found found the guy, and he goes in, and I thought, first of all. Um, in a massive cosmic coincidence, Robert Forster died the day the El Camino came out of yeah. some sort of brain cancer. Yeah, he was 78. Shocking. I mean, full life, uh, fairly accomplished guy, uh, just recent, you know, fairly recently had a, the Oscar nomination for his work with uh, on Jackie Brown. Yeah, fantastic in Jackie Brown. And he's really good. Like, you can tell that this is one of Mike's guys. Yeah. Like, this is the kind of contractor that Mike would source. Yeah. Cause he's just all business. He's not putting, he's not, he's not taking any of Jesse's bullshit. Like, I mean, I can see some people saying it's indulgent, like essentially five minutes of him denying that I'm the guy, but it's just funny to see Jesse get progressively worked up. And then, then yeah. he admits like, okay, I'm like 95% sure <laughs> that you're the guy. Yes. Yeah. Like he can't even, I knew it. Yeah. It's, it's so fucking funny. Um, and I it's just, yeah, it's a great actor. It's a great character. And this is a showdown, right? Between the two. Like it's this another, is, it's, this is, this is one of the few moments of humor because yeah. like, you know, he does this elaborate uh, 9-11 call and then jesse like runs off but then jesse calls his bluff and i thought mm-hmm. i actually thought that it was working and then the <laughs> cops pull up it's like gotta love that response time also you forgot your money yeah yeah, yeah. jesse's gotta come running back for it yeah and he narks him out but when the cops come in he gives a wildly inaccurate description of his vehicle his build yeah. the facial tattoo where he was going so he's still kind of a bro even mm-hmm. as he's like look i, I don't I'm not sure why he was such a prick over to eighteen hundred dollars. This is this this is a Mike thing though. It is, right? yeah. It's it's the the rule of it. It's it's the like the transporter law. kicking a guy out for being 0.5 kilo, uh, kilograms heavier than he said he was going to be. Like this was the deal. Yeah. Like fuck it, it's, you. It's it's uh, telling Saul he can't leave the parking lot until he gets his fucking stamps. Right. Like right. yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a nice. It's it, and I actually thought the whole scene is kind of like a. Uh, homage to all these kind of like uh, good plans gone wrong kind of moments in Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he also offers like, hey, if you can get the $1,800 together, then um, I I will, I'll, I'll still still get you to last. I mean, row. okay, let me ask you this. Okay. Because as I was sitting here uh, watching this movie, I kept thinking, why doesn't he just fucking knock off a liquor store? Like he's already a fugitive He's like, it's not gonna. A, Will a liquor store get you eighteen hundred bucks? A liquor store. Everyone just uh, safe drops uh, nowadays. Uh, yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like maybe you know, there's not a whole lot of money in any place because it's all. You'd have a better luck robbing, robbing, robbing a drug dealer, or going back to Skinny P and Badger and be like, hey, uh, I know you guys gave me all your pocket change, but I know you ate eighteen hundred dollars. Yeah, like break that enterprise open. You know, you I got mean, ten I thought, grand in there. God, when he goes over to his parents' house. Uh huh. I thought he was going to steal his I fucking brother's violin oh, and pawn it. And I was shit. like, if you do this, you are it's, dead to me. It's the chest all over again. I thought right. he was just going to rob him of like their silver or something. And yeah, like, yeah. Which 
still would have been you know that w that wouldn't have been great um but it's like jesse tried to be pretty moral in this episode like yeah, he didn't yeah. want like you could tell that he didn't want to add to his body count mm -hmm. he didn't want to do anything that was going to get anybody in any, any, any trouble um but this does lead to the showdown at candy welding yeah which first step is going to jesse's parents uh he sends the cops on a wild goose chase by giving a call that he knows they're going to be monitor says he wants to be picked up uh his parents leave uh conveniently his brother is what is he uh in europe or he's a, he's at some kind of uh, competition or university i, don't where I he forget was, but, but he's out of the house yep. too so jesse goes breaks in his safe i thought it was pretty funny that he's trying like obviously his birthday and then you realize it's jay i had a moment like that with my dad recently where <laughs> like he was i was helping him with something and his password on his bank is literally like my initials and my birthday and i'm like father <laughs> you gotta change this come on especially now that i've talked about it on a podcast like it's just a matter <laughs> of time before they track your ass down and steal every penny from your fucking bum fuck uh small indiana bank that prob mm. probably small town indiana bank that has absolutely no security on it whatsoever <laughs> uh but so he steals he steals a pistol. I recognize the one as a like a Ruger twenty two, which okay, renowned plinking gun. But everybody pisses on like twenty two is still kill you. But for whatever reason, people poo poo the twenty two because it's yeah, it's it doesn't have a lot power. of stopping power. Not a yeah. powerful, super powerful round. Um, and then he goes sneaks over to Candy's welding, and he almost gets the guy clean. Mm. But it turns out he's invited a party. In the form of a Hummer that disgorges three ladies to mm. entertain the fellas. And the big bouncer dude from Better Call Saul. So this, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the, when, um, that, the, I, for, I forget the name of the guy who does the squat cobbler. Uh, mm -hmm. when he gets, uh, he's, he's auditioning for a security guard and mm -hmm. Stephen Ogg, Mike, and this guy show up. Yep. And Mike just beats the shit out of Stephen Ogg handily and and sends Tiny packing on his way. Yep. Now, the one thing I didn't know is, did he have a Hummer then or? No, so, uh, fuck, I can't remember his name either. The, the guy who was buying the pills had the Hummer. Okay. Like he went out and bought. So ridiculous somehow Hummer, the, ridiculous you realize and, that this has this is past hands and now it's into this guy's. Oh, well, his this. was yellow. I, I thought so too. Yeah, and I don't know. If this is the same okay. Hummer, but Hummers are a thing apparently it's, among the drug dealers. Yeah, it's and, uh, and Hummer, criminals of the underworld. Drug drug dealer chic apparently. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's interrupting this little party and he has to essentially just kind of chill out for several hours. I think it's three o'clock in the morning when they finally. Uh, take off and he's able to try to get a drop on these guys but then we have a flashback to why we should even give a fuck about any of this stuff mm -hmm. and it turns out this guy just welded that little um i don't know what you call it the little racetrack thing that jesse was chained to, to allow him to f move around the lab but couldn't get away yeah um and they show i forget his uncle's friend um devil from from uh, justified, justified yeah. but him just being cruel to Jesse and and you know having him try it looks like he's going to break his fucking hip bones trying to get out of this thing yeah. just for his amusement. Um, pretty small stakes, all all in all, to to kill a guy over. But I don't think Jesse wanted to kill him. But nope, he didn't. Did all he, he wanted was eighteen hundred bucks, and if the guy would have given it, I I think he would have walked away. Hmm. Do you think he secretly was wanting to do it? I I mean, he I knew he might have to. He knew he might have to because okay. he's got that second gun in his pocket. Yeah, true. Which was pretty cool, because uh, I I knew he had two guns, but I never really thought, oh, he must you know have his other gun ready. 
I thought that's the one weakness of the scene is like his he just obviously had that other gun in his pocket and the other guys didn't know it but i thought it kind of stretched credibility that he you know never takes it out of his pocket uh this and this Mm -hmm. guy just challenges him to a shootout um and jesse blows him away with the revolver he has in his pocket um then they have the world's most terrible gunfight yeah this was the least believable part of the scene to me that jesse didn't take even a single bullet at that range it's funny though that like that's pretty realistic if you believe like statistics of like shootouts involving co- like it's incredibly easy to miss from like 30 feet away when you're shooting a pistol and you're just firing wild and you're jacked with adrenaline and you don't practice it um yeah. I, it's hard to believe but like that shit with uh pulp fiction the miracle like that's that's the the result of most shootouts at that kind of range yeah. you just don't hit anything um but yeah it was i mean it's nice it, it it's also that so it really bu- bugged me but on the second time through i'm like it's interesting that Jesse takes this guy out with a hidden trick weapon the mm-hmm. same way Jesse or the same way Walt did with the machine gun. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, it's, it is a little lame and it's pretty obvious, but you know, it's the same thing as Walt machine gun, except for that played out for two full seasons. This played out over like 15 minutes. So, yeah. and then uh, his pocket catching on fire was pretty awesome. His pocket catching on fire also, <laughs> also made. And I love like all of this candy's friends. Like there's this guy with like the mirror full of coke that's kind of like trying yeah. to hide behind the steel beams and, and even when the shooting goes down he's still like he's, holding onto this mirror yeah he doesn't he doesn't let go of the 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 coke mirror until like he has to step over his buddy's corpse which i thought that was yeah. a great scene too when he opens the door and that guy just slides down it like mm-hmm. that guy pretty good ragdoll um so yeah that's that 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 settles things at the okay candy corral uh we have a flashback to J- jesse and jane um mm-hmm. which is nice to see Someone where they're driving in the car. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're, what are they talking about? I think it's the, like, going with the flow, right? Because that, that's what the Jesse... I, mean, I know it comes back later, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just him thinking about uh, his past before he heads out on his future. Then there's this flashback. Because I was, I was wondering. Um, I don't know if this was... Did, did they say... Did, did we know about this before that, like, uh, Brian Cranston was going to make an appearance here? I certainly didn't. I'm I wasn't sure following this project super did, close. Neither was I. Um, but I was like, this late, I just decided... I just figured, well, Walt's dead. There's no possible reason to flash yeah. back to it. But they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I liked it because it had everything that you want out of a Walt and Jesse scene. There's some humor. There's some stupid Jesse moments. There's some touching Jesse moments, like him saying, like, yo, Mr. Yo, Mr. White, your family's going to get every penny of their money, which I believe Jesse's uh, <laughs> post-drug ambitions of being in sports medicine. Uh-huh. Great. And then, oh, like Walt forgetting that he graduated from high school. It's like, well, first you got to get your DED. He's like, what? I graduated high school, dick. Just assuming that he wouldn't have got... Uh, <laughs> Cause he's yeah. such, just because he's a bad chemistry student. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that final line of like Walt saying, you're lucky you didn't have to wait your whole life to do something special. And this yeah. is before... This is before many ter- truly terrible things happened, right? This is before Tom, yep. Tom, This is before Jane died. This is before Tom, Tom, Tomas died. This is before... Um, a lot of things that's before he had to shoot Gail in the face. Mm-hmm. So like, it's such a tragedy. Walt saying this to him and thinking that he like you know his family, his teaching career, uh, whatever he did to get a Nobel Prize, like all that wasn't special. Mm-hmm. Him being this fucking meth kingpin is what what made him feel like he was alive. And I think this is supposed to be Jesse reflecting on that 
and thinking, boy, he was fucking wrong. What we did was not special. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and what I want to do in the future doesn't need to be, by those definitions, special. Right. Like, I, I look at every time they do a flashback, and I'm thinking, it's it's interesting that they have told me so much about Jesse's future in those flashbacks without actually going to his future. Because mm-hmm. I now know when, you know, he's talking to Mike and he's saying you can't put things right, that Jesse isn't going to try and forget what's happened, right? This letter to Brock is not like a a, a final moment of like, oh, I'm, I'm going to set everything right with Brock and he's going to be happy and I'm going to be happy. It's not that. Uh, when he's talking with Wall here, he's thinking, I, I don't want to do, if this is what special is, I don't want to be special. Um, and when he's talking with Jane at the end about the just going with the universe where where it takes you, he's, in my opinion, like when she says, no, that's that's a terrible way to live. Uh, that's Jesse thinking, OK, now I my destiny is in front of me. I can make of it what I what I want, not just go wherever it takes me, which will fucking who knows, lead me back to a Nazi cage. Like, right. But but they do all that in flashback. And so when they bookend everything, they, they bookend Jesse's story in this movie with him driving and screaming away from the Nazis, him driving to whatever the small town in Alaska is. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like we didn't go anywhere. We didn't we didn't change circumstances in this movie, right. but we know so much more about Jesse. We have more information. Yeah. Which changes our it's appreciation. Really good. And also like I thought it, the point of uh, Robert Forster's vacuum re- uh, repair guy quizzing him on his backstory and just how on it he was and yeah, yeah. how quick he was on his feet and how uh, he had no problem surviving without Walter White. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of tells us that Jesse could have been, you know, he he actually was a really smart, capable, a talented person, which we kind of knew in the margins that if Jesse put we his mind out to something, the, yeah. that a lot of this kind of like, uh, you know, meth idiot act was just that, that something he put on to kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, like a, 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 a gear he shifted down into to hang with Badger and Skinny P and Combo and make it, you know... You know, you're blasting your brain on meth and weed and you just, yeah. it's all good times and video games and low stakes chasing hookers around the Crystal Palace. But here's a guy who's he. Yeah, he could have a business degree. He could be a CEO of the company, but he's going to live in some fucking cabin dodging Brit grizzly bears because Mr. White wanted to wanted to cook cook meth with him. Yeah, maybe or maybe he's going to, you know, go be a woodworker i don't know you know we, we always wondered about jesse yeah and i don't feel like we got any concrete information but we at least know where his head's at it's just interesting what a different person he is now yeah. because like you, you you know gone is the guy who just wanted to play video games and listen to a big fancy audio and have house parties and rage like that yeah uh none of that appeals to him in the least at this point like uh, and, and they, they, even though Jess, even though like Skinny P and Badger have a lot of affection for him, there's like no way they could go back to the way things were. No, he's just it's just a fundamentally different person. Uh, and then we have the last flashback to Jane, and that's that's mm-hmm. that's it. We did have one piece of feedback. Uh, we didn't solicit it. Obviously, um, if we thought about this a little bit more, we probably would have like advertised the fact that we were definitely going to do this, and we probably would have put something in the feed to do it, but, like, you know. Yeah, but what's the point? Yeah, it's a one <laughs> and done. So, yeah. Yeah, if you're still subscribed, congratulations. If you found it, like, I'm not sure whether you're hearing this on the the OG Breaking Good feed, if you're listening to it on the Break, uh, Better Call Saul feed, if you're listening to it on the, the, the Bald Movies feed. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we did get uh, a an email sent in to the old hotline. Uh, our old buddy Josh H. had a pretty interesting question that I wanted to talk about anyway, and I'm going to let him walk us through it. 
so he says, I wanted to advance a thesis that Jesse is better off having teamed up with Walter White and gone through the events of Breaking Bad. Uh, here is his case. Jesse now has a fresh start in Alaska. He's seen the worst that the drug game has to offer, and he's almost certainly learned what that he wants no part of it anymore. He's got somewhere around $200,000, which could buy him a pretty decent woodworking shop and at least a modestly long runway to get a business of some sort off the ground. Beyond that, he's almost certainly got more self-confidence perspective about himself, specifically because he's overcome so many trials and tribulations. Uh, also, there's no way to know for sure, but what's the most likely scenario for how Jesse's adult life would have turned out sans Walter White? There's a fair chance he'd be a slightly more successful knucklehead like Skinny P or Badger, but there's a just as good of a chance that he would come that would come back to bite him, i.e. with the beating by a real player in the drug game or a long trip to prison. In the pilot, he narrowly escaped an arrest by the DEA, and he was driving around in a hoopty with the license plate that read Captain Cook for crying out loud. The case against this, of course, is... All the psychic trauma that he suffered, despite the peaceful look on his face at the end of El Camino, uh, he almost certainly has plenty of PTSD that he'll need to work on. That said, I'd still say that's an open question as to whether or not Jesse is better off having gone through what he has during Breaking Bad, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, what do you think of this thesis, that Jesse is better, uh, has a better outcome going through this, going down the long road that is El Camino um, versus if Walter White never reached out to him. I think you have to make a lot of assumptions to even compare the two things. You're, you're, you're assuming that Jesse wouldn't have, you know, got busted on some small charge and said, Oh fuck, I need to set my life straight. Yeah. You're assuming that, you know, he wouldn't have had another good mentor who wasn't pushing him to be a drug kingpin. Mm -hmm. You're, you're, you're assuming a lot of things about his life. And I, I think you're, you're right about those assumptions. Like the most likely scenarios are you either end up dead or in prison. Mm -hmm. Um, or you, you end up, if you're lucky, like skinny Pete and Badger, mm -hmm. just kind of, you know, fumble fucking your way through life. Right. Um, and, and in that case, I still don't know that you're better off. I, I don't know, man. Um, the thing is, is Jesse, here's the thing that I think this is out of this analysis is Jesse comes from a solid middle class, upper middle class, background and has a family that loves and cares for him yeah so if he did go have a, a little minor prison stint or as long as he didn't get shot killed or something like that very good chance that he can hit rock bottom and he's got the resources there that could help him rebuild his life yeah that's a good point um he's got a little brother that looks up to him there's like lots of things that like if he were not involved in a criminal enterprise like finding out his his brother's getting into drugs now like so the same things that mm -hmm. could have scared him straight could have scared him sober uh, we know that he can do sobriety, which mm -hmm. is, you know, if you if if you can if you can climb that hill, that that counts for a lot. Yeah. So yeah, it's like it's like this assumption that he is like these these losers, these fundamental losers, like uh, Skinny Pete and Badger. As much as I like them as characters, and I think they're stand up guys as far as that stuff goes, um, he had resources I don't think they did. Uh, yeah, uh, certainly that we haven't seen of theirs. Yeah, right. Um, and it felt like that you know everyone wants to assume the worst like you know it's like oh you get caught on drug charge and it's just done or oh you're going to catch a beating from a drug dealer and oh, it's a, but honestly a lot of people go in and out of the system and some of them get better some of them don't uh some people never do some people just go through this phase and they become perfectly respectable adults yeah. and mm -hmm. you put that against all of breaking yeah. bad that's the thing the the, the the circumstances are so extreme of what nazi we know. prison to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He went to Nazi prison. 
<laughs> to assume you have to assume a lot to say that it his life is going to be worse than that yeah yeah so i yeah i i think that jesse was a fundamentally less broken person than walter white mm -hmm. um and he had that kind of like core goodness that he could fall back on and the resources that he had with his family. I, I yeah, it's, it's hard for me to accept the argument. I think it's a argument that can be made, you know, would you rather take uh and then this thing is like also $200,000 is not a lot of money. Like we're being real. Like yeah, that's yeah. not, that's not like you don't ever have to worry about money again, even in like the fucking wilds of Alaska where you're getting petroleum money and all that kind of stuff. Like it's not set you up for life money. He's going to no, have to figure out. You do have a pretty good runway. Like if you wanted to become a woodworker in Alaska and just make yeah. furniture or something and sell it locally. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's a pretty good runway. As but, far like as... you think about how's he ever going to have a family? Like look at it, like his yeah. face. <laughs> His face is so fucking busted. He's had to have years taken off his life from all the vicious beatings, mm -hmm. all the drugs, all the near-death experiences uh, that he's gone through. Like I, I, yeah, it's hard for me to take that. If if I was if I was had full knowledge of the different paths Jesse could take, it's hard for me to put all my money on the Walter White path, especially since the other path is completely unknown and un unknowable. Yeah. So, uh, do you think? One last thing I want to talk about before we're done here. Do you think that we'll ever have a revisit in the Breaking Bad universe? I, I, obviously, we've got the 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 final shoe to drop on Better Call Saul, um, and I'm this actually makes me a lot more engaged with the Gene plot. It's something we kind of talked about in Better Call Saul. Like, I do think mm -hmm. that this shows that Vince can do something with that post Breaking Bad era. That's 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 interesting. Oh yeah, um, and maybe something that's like you know we've always talked about like maybe there'll be a whole episode or two or three episode mini arc all in black and white of Gene. Mm -hmm. Um, but do you think we'll ever revisit Breaking Bad universe after that's uh, all put to bed? I guess I don't see a need for it. Um, yeah, like I was trying to think. Oh, is is a Walter uh, is a Walt Junior Skyler kind of thing warranted? No, not really. We kind of know where they stand at the end yeah, of this. If, like, if, if they keep flying right, it's a very boring story. And if like yeah. Walt Jr. goes to start dealing meth, like, I, do I want to see that? Is that a feel good story? Yeah. Do I believe it? Like, I, I don't like, know. Like, I mean, maybe they can sell it, it, but like, like, where's the other cherries that could be on top? Because I see lots of sh shits you can take on the top of that Sunday, but like, there's not <laughs> a lot of like cherries. I think in well, there the aren't cherry. a lot of characters left at the end of Breaking right, Bad, right? That you actually care about yeah. that have some unanswered questions. Eighty percent of that cast is dead at the end of that show. Right. Right. So where do you go from here? I, I, I mean, maybe a Gus flashback to like his early life in Chile. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, that could be interesting. But but the, we found what we, I, 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 this is my opinion and break like the more we found out about Gus, the uh -huh. less interesting his character actually is. And the less there is to do in a movie like that. Right. Right. In, like, in a revisit of Gus's early days. Cause we know more about him now. Right. How about a uh, Gale? Gale? Uh, Gale. Yeah. It's just all Gale. Like I know we got some of that in better call Saul. Where did he go and make make that recording? Was that in India or Singapore? Singapore sounds right. I guess to me. I guess uh, post grad Gale kicking around the world. Yeah, going learning to, to cook meth. Like you don't just. Yeah, I don't feel like even a chemistry student just can cook meth. Mm -hmm. I mean, they probably have to learn how to do it, right? Because mm -hmm. there's like a lot of procedure, not just oh, well, these are the chemical bonds and and done. I feel like he's probably got to have some kind of mentor somewhere or at least a series of experimentations you know what kind of crazy characters does he meet would that be called the uh, leaves of grass the gale story yeah 
It, it would be the full, the, the title of the movie would be the first verse of that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think this does, this did feel like a final chapter because mm-hmm. like, yeah, I mean, I don't really care to see, although I, I don't know, like that, that's the thing. If I came back Maybe to the this, Chicken Brothers, huh? Maybe the Chicken Brothers could be interesting. Like mm. we, we know quite a bit about that though. I mean, yeah. Breaking Bad covers a lot of ground. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, if if Vince ever's got, if there's another cherry floating around in that uh, jar of maraschino cherries, then I will always be happy to to have another one. But mm-hmm. it's like that's what you gotta. Every time you go back to this and you take another swing on it, you are mortgaging Breaking Bad's you know reputation. Just just like a man. Oh, I got it. I mean, look what happened to Game of Thrones this last season. It went yeah. from like platinum coated, diamond encrusted standard bearing of the golden era of television uh to widely like derides the 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 ah what am i trying to say Wi widely lampoon that just maybe has destroyed the double d's career I, that's you, 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 i don't know you want to i don't know if you want to roll the dice with that yeah i'm with you although i might be down for a tuco in jail uh movie <laughs> sure yeah or like young Tuco and and Mexico growing up with the cousins, uh huh. And it's uh, I don't know. It'd be there like you go. A, Hector. You could take it. You could take it pretty far back. It's like a sitcom. It's like a Malcolm in the Middle with Hector as the kind of like the maniacal All dad right. role. Mm-hmm. Nah, see that's that's the shit on top of the Sunday you don't. You gonna see him in his tidy whities <laughs> Does he have his very own bowling episode? Uh All right, that's that's Breaking Bad El Camino. Any other uh, final thoughts? No, I don't think so. I I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was perfect, but I thought it was a worthy addition. Well, if, uh, if it's been a while since you've been around uh, the Bald Move parts, and this is a reminder that we still exist, we are actually be, rejoin us at the right time because, man, what do you want? We got something. You got mm-hmm. you want Mr. Robot? We got Mr. Robot. You want Watchmen? We got Watchmen. You want American Horror? We got American Horror. You want you want uh, movie podcasts? We got movie podcasts. What am I leaving out? Uh there's what there's other things we're doing oh the deuce the deuce yeah david simon you guys uh butt hurt that i wasn't doing a wire podcast i've been doing three seasons of uh the sequel to the wire and nobody and noticed no yeah where where's <laughs> everybody at uh we've always got stuff uh going down at baldmove.com uh now more than ever uh check it out and we hope to see you around and until wherever we see you the next time i'm aaron and i'm jim later